And now, I'm glad you did your homework. That's the same thing I told our players. Here's JT the Brick. What's up, Raider Nation? Harry Ruiz here filling in for JT the Brick, closing out this week, Friday, February 2nd. Starting next week, Vegas is going to be mayhem with Super Bowl hitting finally this incredible city. I remember I moved here in March 2017 and the Raiders still hadn't officially announced that they would be relocating here until a couple of weeks later. And then it was like, all right, we're going to get a new stadium here. And now we got a new stadium. We got the Super Bowl coming into town. And heck, I think this has been the quickest turnaround from the date that it was announced that the Super Bowl was going to be here to now. And Vegas is ready. This city I've been here for almost seven years, and it's always crazy when it's Super Bowl. People fly into town to watch the Super Bowl at sports books, at restaurants, uh, having a blast at watch parties. But now it's actually going to be the game being held here in the city. It's going to be crazy, and that's going to be something we're going to be talking about with a couple of broadcasters from the teams that are going to be participating in the Super Bowl during our number two of today's show. Uh, we're going to have Hannah Basham from the Kansas City Chief Spanish radio broadcast. She's on the field. This is going to be her fourth Super Bowl that she gets to broadcast. That's crazy. Good for her. Congratulations. I hope I get to broadcast one or two in my career. For her, it's going to be her fourth. And then Carlos Justis from the Spanish radio broadcast from the San Francisco 49ers and also from Telemundo in the Bay Area. He will be joining us. So we're going to get the perspective from these two rivals for the silver and black i was flying back from houston on sunday night and watching the game on the airline that i was on it was halftime and i was happy i was like hey the lions got this in the bag right they got a three three possession lead they're good they weren't they enter in the fourth quarter that lead was gone, and the worst-case scenario super bowl for the raider nation is happening for the second time in five years i don't like this but it's the Super Bowl. It's in Vegas. Let's enjoy the party. I know a lot of my friends that are Raider Nation members are flying in from the Bay Area. They're flying in from L.A. They're driving in from other cities, and they want to be in town because this is actually going to be the first time ever that a stadium that the Raiders are is their home is going to be hosting the Super Bowl. When the Super Bowl was played in L.A. at the Coliseum, the Raiders weren't the home team in the city of L.A., the Super Bowl was never held in Oakland in the Coliseum, way from far from it. All due respect. Heck, now even Denny's is leaving. In and out left, right? Or they announced that they were leaving and now Denny's is leaving Oakland. What's going on? It's like they couldn't hold on to the sports teams. Now they can't even hold on to restaurants. That's crazy. I mean, something needs to happen over there because I love the city of Oakland. I got friends that are from Oakland. I used to go to Oakland to enjoy Raider games. I wouldn't leave much of that area, but heck, the the Walmart that used to be right right across the freeway. I remember when that one closed, the Raider image, everything. I was like, damn, it's a little bit tougher to do your routine because places are closing down. Hopefully things cal calm down out there in Oakland and they can find a way to get that city in a better place because it, I always say, the Raider Nation, we got three capitals, Oakland, Los Angeles, and now Las Vegas. Those are our three homes. Those are the three places where the city has been represented by the squad. The Raiders want, a, want Super Bowls representing Oakland. They want a Super Bowl representing L.A. And now we need to get that fourth Vince Lombardi trophy. We need to get that bad boy in the building. Of course, AP and Tom Telesco, they've been introduced already. 
Q Myers last night. He had the breaking news on his show on Unnecessary Roughness that Cliff Kingsbury has been reportedly uh, hired by the Silver and Black to be the team's next offensive coordinator. That was the missing piece of the puzzle. We know that Patrick Graham, now with all the head coaching openings being taken care of, he won't be a head coach in the NFL uh, to kick off the 2024 season. So he's under contract with the Silver and Black. And the best case scenario for the Raiders was keeping Patrick Graham in the building after we had the best defense the Silver and Black has seen in decades. He's staying in building in the building. He's staying with his main main players wanting him back. He is back. Cliff Kingsbury is the offensive coordinator in Silver and Raider Nation. I've heard um, opinions on both sides of the spectrum on social media, and we know that's what social media is. Everybody has a voice, and for good or for bad, I love reading everyone, and everybody has an opinion. Me, personally, I like the hiring. Cliff Kingsbury, that was a two-week wait that we had between the Raiders – uh, setting in and keep getting Antonio Pierce as the head coach and Cliff Kingsbury being reportedly announced or reportedly hired as a team offensive coordinator. And now we got the guy that's going to be picking plays on offense and the guy that's going to be managing the, the defense. And that was the big question mark because you know AP isn't going to be calling offense and defense. It's not like the other coaches that – take over and you know Jim Harbaugh is going to be calling that offense over in LA and heck he's more than likely going to be hiring all the players and making all the final football decisions AP he's there to met to take the ship towards the the right way he's going to give confidence to his offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator and something I love about AP is that he knows what he knows and he knows what he doesn't know and you look over and he brings in Marvin Lewis in the building last year and Tom Coughlin and Adam Gaze, guys that he knows from his past in the NFL. And he's like, okay, help me. What should I do? What should I not do? He hears everybody's opinion and be like, okay, now he takes an educated opinion and puts the team in a better spot. Now he has his defense coordinator that last year he killed it with him. So he's back. He's got his offensive coordinator who – has been a head coach in the league previously who was the head of the Arizona Cardinals for four seasons, 2019 through 2022. And, of course, everybody looks at the most recent failure of Cliff Kingsbury with the 2022 season, with him being eliminated, with him being fired from his post. But look at the beginning. He came over and took over that franchise. He got the first overall pick. He brought in Kyler Murray, and it was going up. 5-10 and 10 in 2019, 8-8 eight and eight in 2020, that's a three-win improvement, 11-6 and six in 2021, you go to the playoffs, it's a wild card loss, but you got there. What do the Cardinals do? They give him an extension after that season, but in 2022, he just didn't have Lady Luck on his side. I remember that Cardinals squad, and they had injuries. They weren't staying healthy, and they go all the way down to 4-13. and 13. And the Cardinals, they had a short fuse. And it was like, you know what? Let's go in another direction. Let's do things differently. And Cliff Kingsbury went from being potentially a, a rising star in the coaching ranks to being the scapegoat. And where did he say he was going to go? Thailand or somewhere out there in Asia and just enjoy life? Well, he came back to the States and he went over to USC he was an offensive consultant, a quarterback's coach. He wasn't even the offensive coordinator. He wasn't picking plays, but he was back in football. You know when you're in this sport or in this industry, 
it's hard to just step away and have a lot of free time in your hands. Heck, Jared, you're our producer here today. Shout out to Bobby. Hope he, he's getting a little bit healthier. When you get three weeks of not being in the building, you're like, I need to do something, right? I, I need to get some work done because it feels weird. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very much the guy that after three days, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing anymore and I have to relearn everything. So uh, I try not to take any vacations ever or get sick ever. So yeah, because uh, yeah, I, I go stir crazy. I totally get that. And I just, I love that Cliff's Cliff Kingsbury's like, you know what? I need a break. I'm going to go to Thailand. You know what? I'm back. I need to go to Vegas. Because yeah. there's some, there's a little bit of crossover there that I, I'm, I enjoy as an outside observer. Yeah, and there, there's the responsibilities that you enjoy having, and there's the all that stuff where it's like, okay, let's stay dialed in, and you don't want to be leaped over by somebody that's taking over positions. Heck, look at all the other reported interviews for the Raiders. Dan Pitcher, he was the quarterbacks coach with the Bengals. Well, he got the head, the offensive coordinator position in Cincinnati. He's staying there. Alex Van Pelt, he was the offensive coordinator in Cleveland. He became the offensive coordinator in New England. You look over at Mike Sullivan staying put for now in Pittsburgh as a quarterback coach. Luke Getze, he was the offensive coordinator with the Chicago Bears. He's currently unemployed. Hopefully he gets a gig somewhere. I never wish anybody to be unemployed, no matter if you were great or not in your previous position. And the interesting name was also Chip Kelly, who is currently the head coach of the University of California in Los Angeles. Like, you're, I know you would come back to the NFL, but then as of an offensive coordinator, I thought that was an interesting situation because you look over – going from an offensive consultant, uh, quarterbacks coach, going up to an offensive coordinator in the NFL, for me, that's a step forward. Chip Kelly, he would have gone from the man making all the decisions in UCLA to down to just calling plays in just, and I'm putting air quotes, just calling plays in the NFL. So I thought it was interesting. And look, I know it's a different landscape nowadays in college football where uh, players nowadays, some of them are making more money than the head coaches. You look over at uh, Deion Sanders' kids, they're buying him a mansion in Boulder, Colorado, not the other way around. Why? Because kids now with the NIL deals, they can make money. They can make bank, and I'm happy for that because they deserve it. They're the ones bringing the money in for the athletic departments. They're the ones that once the TV deals get done, guess what? The ones that are putting their bodies on the line are the kids on the field. So I'm happy that they're making their money. But Chip Kelly, he was thinking about he, – he interviewed for the position with the Raiders with, through r reports in the league say that. So those were options, and the Raiders ended up with Cliff Kingsbury, which I'll be honest, at the beginning when that name first popped, I was like, I think that would be a great situation for the Raiders. Bring in a guy that was with the Cardinals as the head coach. He was calling plays, but you know that it's a lot of responsibilities. Heck, all the interviews you got to do with the media, making sure that all the players are in a good spot, delegating stuff to some of the coaches, but at the same time, being vigilant that they're doing things the right way and make sure that everybody's motivated, that everybody is uh, in a good spot to try to get your team into a winning place. Now, Cliff Kingsbury comes to Vegas. He's going to call plays. I know that his 28-37-1 record with the Cardinals isn't great, but as I said, from 19 through 21, he improved by three wins each year for the Cardinals. 2022, sorry about your luck. 
He got booted. I'm pretty sure he's getting paid a pretty penny by the Cardinals in that time that he wasn't with them because he, he signed an extension with them. And now his task is, what did AP say during his press conference? 24 points per game. The Raiders last year in 17 games, four times they surpassed 20 points or got to 20 points. And one of them was with a safety in the final play uh, of the game for the Raiders. So it's like this offense, I was going through the stats, and they averaged two touchdowns per game. You're not going to win a lot of football games averaging two touchdowns per game. And somehow, some way, the Raiders ended up with an 8-9 and nine record. That shows you that this defense, if they're able to keep it up or improve from what they did last year, you get 24 points per game, I got a feeling that's double-digit wins. So they're not asking you to be a world beater. They're not asking you to have the top-ranked offense in the NFL. It all depends on being able to keep that defense up and that offense, 24 points per game, that'll get you somewhere. Look at the Chiefs, 17-7. to 17 points were enough to win on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. I mean... It just depends what offense they bring in the fans. They put butts in the seats. They do all the highlights defense. They win championships for you. So you look at the Niners, you look at the rate at the chiefs. They got great defenses. Let's see if they're able to deliver. Well, I'm going to go to a break right now and we're going to be right back with Ryan Sakamoto beast writer, who I was following on social media with the Tom Telesco hiring. He scouts all the teams in the NFL. So we're going to talk about Cliff Kingsbury and Tom Telesco at well. Shout out to our buddies at Modelo and Corona. Proud to be partners with football's most notorious fans, the Black Hole and the JT The Brick Show. Let's go to a break right Nation. We'll be right back with more on Raider Nation Radio. You get into an accident, call 702-222-9999. The Brother Brothers win. Shout out to Alex and Orlando de Castro Verde. Always doing a fantastic job in our community. 702-222-9999. The Brothers win. They got your back. Uh, of course, Latino design, so they got a little bit more love for me, and uh, they... If you speak Spanish, if you speak English, call 702-229-9999 and they will help you out the best way possible. If you get an accident at work, if you're in a car accident with all the traffic going down in our city for the big game happening next weekend, call the DeCastro Verde Law Group, 702-222-9999. Now, let's keep on rolling with today's content here on the JT The Brick Show. Harry Ruiz filling in for JT The Brick. Cliff Kingsbury is reportedly the new offensive coordinator for the Silver and Black. And to talk about this, I got Ryan Sakamoto, a.k.a. at Beast Rider on X and on Instagram, putting out great football content out there, scouting all NFL teams. Ryan, as always, a pleasure being able to talk with you, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me on. It's uh, It's been um, a while, but... I'm glad to hop back on, and um, always a pleasure, and I'm ready for this show. Yeah, actually, I was in Houston when Tom Telesco was announced as the general manager for the Silver and Black, and I was listening to JT and to Q on Raider Nation Radio through the Raiders app, and then I was following you on Twitter with all your analysis about his hiring, and we will talk about that in a bit. But first, talk to me about Cliff Kingsbury. As someone that knows the game of football as yourself, what do you like and what do you don't like about Cliff? 
I actually think this is a really good hire. Um, I mean, it could be a biased approach, but I think that Cliff Kingsbury is a really good coach at spreading uh, the wide receivers wide, obviously in that spread offense type of air raid offense. Um, if you look at how NFL teams are kind of scheming things up, especially with the Super Bowl coming up, uh, you'll notice that a lot of offensive coordinators are starting to spread out defensive uh, defensive schemes horizontally before the vertically. So when you do that, you're going to create favorable matchups one-on-one, which is really going to benefit Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, guys like that who can get open one-on-one, whether a defensive back is playing inside or outside leverage. So when you take that into account, it really makes the quarterback's job easier because he can pick and choose pre- to post-snap which direction he wants to go in when going through his progressions as the play develops. We've got Ryan Sakamoto on the line here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. You look at the pieces that he has available. He interviewed for Chicago, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and Las Vegas. What made the Raiders an attractive, more attractive offer for him to be able to take over as offensive coordinator, in your opinion? I think the weapons, right? I think when you have a team with Devontae Adams, I mean, just who doesn't want Devontae Adams as your number one target. I mean, you go around the league, I think that's one. But the attractiveness of the silver and black, right, it's an organization and a team that really takes pride in being one of those teams that's, you know, it's, it's kind of like a staple of the NFL, right? You have the Raiders, you have the Niners, you have the Packers, you have the Chiefs, you have the, you know, um, some of these other teams like the, even the Eagles most recently, but um, Steelers are another one. So I think it's just in a sense of the mystique that the Raider Nation provides, I think that is, something that kind of interests Cliff Kingsbury. Also, when you look at it, they're going to need a quarterback, right? And so what quarterback fits that system? Um, is it Aiden O'Connell? Is he the answer? I don't think so, not for this offense. Um, now, now I'm not going to say Aiden O'Connell can't do it, right? Because he's, I mean, the guy's just coming off a rookie season. Um, so, again, I'll you know give him the benefit of the doubt. But if they're going to go out and get a guy, and let's say they trade for a guy like Justin Fields, right? Because Sam Kelly um, was the assistant GM, when he was drafted um, in Chicago, he would be a good fit for Cliff Kingsbury. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Steelers also, because I think the Steelers would be a good fit for Justin Fields too if they were to strike a deal. And all you have to do is really give up a second-round pick um, to Ryan Poles, and I think he will go ahead and swing that deal. Yeah, it would be an, it's definitely going to be an interesting offseason for the Silver and Black. It always seems to be very, very interesting when it comes to that because now the team is trying to cut a four-decade wait of winning a Super Bowl. And it's, I had a discussion with a friend of mine when I did a post on the anniversary of the Super Bowl, and he's a Broncos fan, so he was talking smack, and he was <laughs> like, hey, I've seen my team win the Super Bowl. What about you? So I had to come back with a – Hey, I haven't seen you post about the Broncos. Thought you disappeared because we beat you eight times in a row. So we just got to go with the back and forth. But right now, with the way that the Raiders are building their front office and their head coaching and their offensive coordinator position, how encouraged do you feel that the Raiders can turn things around and become better? Because towards the last nine games of the season, you saw this squad gel in a different way, Ryan. Yeah, you, you see the stock is high, right? The arrow's pointing up, as they like to say in the NFL. But one thing I will point out is I think it was something that was needed. I think the the team needed a new direction. I think uh, Coach Spears brings that fire and that passion to the game. You know, um, starting from management from the top down, right? Everything starts from the top down. So you really got to give credit, not just for the names that are being brought in, but also ownership. Um, it, it, sometimes you're going to have to take a step back and kind of, 
see things with a clearer picture of exactly what do we want for the future? What's our three to five year vision? And I think, you know, not too many people understand the dynamics that it takes a village to raise an organization and, and keep it thriving. And I think, um, you know, everybody from the top down, from, from Mr. Davis to Sandra, um, everybody involved, all parties involved are doing a really good job trying to get this going in the right direction. And I think fans should be happy and should be optimistic about the upcoming season because at the end of the day, all you want is your team to do the right thing. And if they're not doing the right thing, to make those necessary changes. And I think they're going in the right direction. Now, I got to ask you, Cliff Kingsbury, he loves running the ball either with his uh, quarterback when he was out there in Arizona or uh, – be it with his running back. He took James Conner out to the Cardinals and he was able to make him function. Maybe not getting the 1,000-plus-yard seasons, but he always found a way to be consistently in the end zone. Does this Is this the kind of move that Josh Jacobs would love to come back to this team? Because let's remember, he's a free agent now. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, how can you not? Like, Here's the misconception about the air raid offense or Cliff Kingsbury offense is that they don't run the ball. Well, that's not necessarily true. Um, they actually do run the ball, um, and they run it a lot. Um, maybe not so much as a, you know the, the, the passing game, but they do run it enough. And I think when you have a running back like Josh Jacobs, who basically has the vision and the patience to see the hole, hit the hole, and then now your wide receivers are spread out wide, you're going to have a lot of real estate to work with. You can hit that A gap, you can cut back and hit that B gap. So, again, um, Josh Jacobs in this offense, he would thrive. Now, let's not forget Zeus White, too. Zamir White did a really good job to end the year. So um, any one of those two running backs would really thrive under Cliff Kingsbury. Ryan Sakamoto at Beast Rider on X and on Instagram is our guest here at the moment on Raider Nation Radio. Now, you got to build that that uh, bad boy. You got to build that roster. With Tom Telesco at the helm, what can fans from the Raider Nation expect? You know, he, he's he's one of those guys that likes to be a throwback type of a GM. You know, he comes from obviously the Ryan Grigson tree and Bill Polian tree, which means they build teams from the inside out, not the outside in. So I think first and foremost. You know, you hear all these superlatives, right? Uh, you know, tough, physical, mentally tough, passion for the game. These are things that GM Dave Ziegler had established in that cultural identity. Same thing's going to come from GM Tom Telesco. Um, and I think what you're going to see is you're going to get players who actually buy into what GM Tom Telesco is trying to do. And, and when it comes to the draft and, and, you know, the senior bowls just right around the corner, you know, Tom Telesco looks at film number one. That's the number one. He, he doesn't care about combine numbers. He doesn't care about any of that. Now, that's kind of pieces to the puzzle, but that's kind of like in the latter stages. So I think film is number one, how they fit their culture is number two, and then obviously the combine numbers will be three. So you put that all together, and I think those are the type of players that GM Tom Telesco, Sam Kelly, and obviously Antonio Pierce want in their system. Obviously, there's been more swings and misses in the first round for the Raiders in the draft as of late compared to home runs right there. Tom Telesco, it's been pretty much the opposite, right? Early in the draft, he figures out ways to go and grab the guys that are talented, that end up being pro bowlers, that end up being all pros. But, Ryan, we know that it's important to hit hard with those later round draft picks that the Raiders have somehow, some way, been able to get talent like Max Crosby, like Nate Hobbs, like Divine Diablo, all, all starters on the Raiders' defense, even Trayvon Merrick. Right. No, absolutely. I think, and again, I think because maybe we're in it, too much emphasis is put on the first round. Yes, you have to hit on those first-round picks because they get all the hype, but – Usually, when you look at a GM and their track record, usually they really find the talent 
on day two and even in day three. Because a lot of these day three picks, and people don't understand this, but a lot of even people who don't go drafted, they go undrafted, those guys are really going to fill out your roster. And that's where you're going to find the diamonds in the rough. And it comes down to the scouting department. So although the hype is on GM Tom Telesco to get done, he has to bring in the right scouting department and make sure that those guys are on board to what he wants in order for them to kind of fill out that roster. Because as you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Exactly. Ryan Sakamoto, our guest here, wrapping up on Raider Nation Radio. Champ Kelly, it seems like he's on board. You're a big Champ Kelly guy. What what can you tell me about that? How big is it for the Silver and Black to still have him in the building? Oh, it's huge. It's, it, I mean, it's, it's he's very well loved by the players. Um, he's very well respected in that organization. Um, you know, the number one trait that he looks for, you know, and I, I was talking to him, is, is you've got to be smart, man. Like, you have to come smart. Like, tough is one thing. you got to be tough, dependable, and respectable, but you also have to be very, very smart. Because if you're not smart, you won't, you, you're not going to make the team. That's just, that's just the end-all, be-all. So, um, again, high football IQ is what you're going to get from Champ Kelly. And, I mean, this guy's very analytical. He's very analytically driven. He understands what he wants in, in formulating a football team. And it won't be long before he is a GM himself. Um, I know he's the assistant GM, but you know, he's very well, very well respected in NFL circles, and the Raiders are lucky to have him on board. Absolutely, and he's a guy right now, he's out there at the Senior Bowl taking care of business, and uh, <laughs> let's hope the Silver and Black, they're able to scout the, the guy that they need. Now my last question, quarterback, what, do you, what would you do, Ryan Sakamoto, if you were in the Ooh. building uh, and, try, and would you jump and, I don't know, trade three first-round picks and the two second-rounders and a third to jump all the way up to number one? Or would you be patient and grab somebody that's probably not a, ground, a round one grade, but with your 13 pick, it might be what you end up being able to pick? Yeah, that's a great yeah, – I like, I like this. So what I would do is I'm, I'm a firm believer in always, always drafting BPA, best player available. And if I think, I think if you do that, you're going to be trending in the right direction. Now, I wouldn't give up all that draft capital. I wouldn't necessarily give up the farm for a franchise quarterback like a Caleb Williams unless I actually had the strong conviction that this guy was the guy. Unfortunately, you look at past history and it doesn't really turn out that way. So I would rather stockpile picks with the draft board full as it, as it should and maybe go out and trade for a Justin Fields because he understands he's been in the league. Look, if Justin Fields was to come out of this draft, I mean, having him at number 13, I mean, that would be a logical, you know, if he was to come out of this draft, that, that would be a good value. But now you're only giving up a second-round pick for a guy like Justin Fields. I would go ahead and swing that deal. That's just my opinion. I think Justin Fields is great. Um, I've been grading him, you know, all year long, not just this year, but since he came out. And, uh, I mean, he, he, he look – the guy cannot have success because he doesn't have an offensive line with the players. Just going plain and simple. He don't have an offensive line, dude. So no one can have success. So can't play field. Yeah, you look over in the 2017 draft. The Bears <laughs> traded up to get Mitch Trubisky, who was the first quarterback <laughs> off the board. And then the Chiefs traded up to number 10 to get a guy by the name of Patrick Mahomes, who will be playing in his fourth Super Bowl in nine days out here in Las Vegas. So it can go either way, right? You can trade up, and you can absolutely have the worst strikeout in NFL history, like we can call one of them Mitch Trubisky, or you can end up trading up and getting a guy like Patrick Mahomes, and it changes your franchise's history for the rest of the way. So because the Chiefs, before Mahomes – 
We would always oh. be like, hey, Raiders three Super Bowls, the Broncos, okay, they just tied us with three, and the Chiefs, they got one, the Chargers, they forever will be with zero. Cool. Now it's like, hey, you know what? Now the Chiefs might end up leading the AFC West in Super Bowl championships by the end of next week. So uh, I hope not, but it could it could be the case. Ryan, tell the folks where they can follow you. What where are you up to? And, of course, all, all the analysis you post on there on social media. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Beast Rider. Um, I'll be pumping up more stuff as the draft approaches, and, and obviously the Super Bowl just right around the corner. So I'm really excited, um, and, uh, yeah, you know, staying on that grind. Yeah, you've been out there in San Francisco in the Bay Area following the Niners for years, so you got a great eye on them, and you always post fantastic information. Of course, out here in Las Vegas, we were fortunate to have you for a, a cup of tea, and you, you did a fantastic job. So, peace. Always a pleasure talking with you. Hopefully, I get to see you soon, man. Likewise, my guy. You have, you have a good one, and Happy New Year. There you go. Thank you so much, Ryan Sakamoto. Follow him at Beast Rider on X and on Instagram. Cliff Kingsbury, that's the, the big news. It's been less than 24 hours since it was reported by Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, Mike Garofalo, all the insiders in the NFL that the Raiders were getting him into that building, into the offensive coordinator position. I've read and seen videos and everything on social media from Raider Nation members that I follow there and folks that get retweeted. I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. I don't have a guess until 1 o'clock. So the rest of the way, it's you. 702-365-9200. Did you like the move? Did you not like the move? He was a head coach for four years. That means that in um, the NFL. That means that now the Raiders, with Antonio Pierce being the head coach, he has two guys with previous experience as NFL head coaches in his staff. He's got, of course, Marvin Lewis as his assistant head coach. He's going to have Cliff Kingsbury as as his offensive coordinator. I personally think that it's going to be a blessing for Kingsbury not having all the responsibilities that head coaches have in the NFL and now being able to just focus on one thing, that's going to be a huge difference for him. Just go out there and have your team score points, period. That's it. You're going to have one press conference a week, and that's it. What is it, Wednesdays that they talk, the coordinators, or Thursdays? He's going to go on there. He's going to go on the podium, speak for four or five minutes. Rest of the week, you focus on your thing, getting the game plan ready to be able to take advantage of the weaknesses or of things that you see from other teams that you can explode on and be able to take care of business. And also, it's like, hey, you look at this, and it's just his second chance to be a coach in the NFL. His experience previously, well, he used to play. He was, he was a killer in 2002 with the University of Houston. He had over 5,000 yards, 45 touchdowns, and that earned him the opportunity from 2003 to 2007 to be a journeyman. NFL, NFL Europe, which was a thing, the CFL, he got paid. Not millions and millions and millions like nowadays most of the quarterbacks get, even to be a backup quarterback, but he got to play. And he's the first Raiders offensive coordinator with experience as a player in the NFL since Bill Musgrave, 15 and 16. He, had, well, he was the last offensive coordinator for the Silver and Black that had experience as a player in the NFL. Of course, you look over at Kingsbury, not a lot of experience in games, but he was rostered. He was out there. He was part of the uh, culture in the NFL. Yes, that was, oh, heck, 
Last time he was in the roster, it was almost 20 years ago. That made me feel old right there. But he's been in the locker rooms. You see videos of him at TTU at Texas Tech dancing with his players and getting that swag on. And you could be like, hey, he was part of that wave of coaches that when Sean McVay got the gig in L.A. and started having success with the way he ran the offense over there, the teams were like, hey, you know what? Let's bring in the young guns. Let's bring in the guys that uh, maybe don't have the experience, but they might be able to bring the, the juice, bring the sauce, bring the explosiveness to your offense. And the Raiders, now they bring him in as an offensive coordinator. And I think for the silver and black, it's a home run. You look at the other uh, prospects, at the other guys that they interviewed, and personally, I think Kingsbury has more opportunity to do bet to do better things in the NFL as an offensive coordinator. No disrespect to the other fellas. I hope they do great. But I think that Kingsbury having his first opportunity exclusively as an offensive coordinator, he could do bigger and better things. And heck, the totem pole right there or what he needs to surpass, it ain't much. 27th in yards per game the Raiders last year. 289.5 per game. 23rd in point per, points per game. 19.5. Couldn't even get over 20 in that one, despite scoring 63 on the Chargers in one game. 24th in third downs. 24th in red zone scoring when it came to touchdowns. 30th in rush yards per game. 23rd in pass yards per game. You don't just want to get a little bit over the hump with those. You want to be like, okay, let's get from 27th to 13th. It's almost the same situation as the defense last year. Or 2020, you looked at the stats for the defense and you were like, wow, 2020 was the year where the Raiders allowed the most points scored against in franchise history. Of course, it would have been crazy to be like, okay, let's go from last to first. Right here, you want to go from 27th to maybe 15th, 13th, and you would be able to get the job done. We would speak more about Cliff Kingsbury after this break. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Tequila Comisario. The most awarded tequila. Heck, it's the Ferrari of tequila. The single highest quality, 100% all-natural, handcrafted tequila. Let's go to a break, Raider Nation. The phone lines are open, 702-365-9200. This is the JT The Brick Show. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by Local 872, your workforce solution. A big shout out to the Black Hole. Since 1995, they've been the foundation of the nation with over 40 chapters worldwide. If you bleed silver and black and want to connect with other diehard fans, then visit theblackhole.com and become an official member of football's most notorious feet. Uh, uh, most notorious fans. And by the way, you can check out their website. They're going to have autograph signings. Uh, some players, uh, AP is going to have an autograph signing with them. So check them out and uh, go go support during Super Bowl weekend. Before we continue with more, we just want to say rest in peace to um, an iconic man, uh, somebody that in the acting room he killed it. And he was also a former football player. He was a Raider. Carl Weathers, rest in peace. He lit up the Al Davis torch, I want to say, in 2022. And I was walking around the field, and I was like, holy crap. You got a Paul Creed right there with Levi Edwards. He was chatting over there. And, and I remember I got a little bit close, and security immediately was like, no, no, no. Where are you going? 
I was like, all right, all right, I'll take a step back. So, uh, of course, we remember him from the Rocky movies. We remember him from Predator, Happy Gilmore, The Mandalorian. Iconic, an iconic man. Rest in peace. His family um, had a press release announcing his death uh, from Tuesday. So, rest in peace, Carl Weathers. And uh, once a Raider, always a Raider. Rest in peace, um, a former member of the Silver and black so let's continue with the show here the jt the brick show we got our first callers on the line so let's not keep them waiting anymore first let's go all the way to arizona with raider row raider row how are you good afternoon with to you man hey i'm doing good man how you doing today doing fantastic like another to, day alive yes sir i would like to send my condolences out to carl weddell's family also uh man with kingsbury i think that like you said man if he concentrates on one thing and and just do play calling and not worrying about being a head coach because I remember at one point as a play caller, he took his team to, what, 10 straight games? Yeah. You know what I mean? So he had that ability. So I think he, I think he can uh, make good things happen for us. Yeah, and you look at Arizona and his teams would have hot starts, but then they would cool down. And you in football and pretty much every sport, once you, you're heading towards the final end of the season in the playoffs, you want to be hot so that way you can keep that streak going. And with him, it seemed like it was always going upwards, upwards, upwards. And then towards the end, it started going down both in games and during the season. So hopefully, like we said, focusing over here, it changes. So I saw you, Arizona, Raider Rose. So I was like, let's see what kind of opinion yeah. you have. So you like the, the, the hiring right here. Yeah, I tell you what, and plus when I do head coach, man, he ain't gonna let our team leak off, dude. I mean, he's gonna keep them keep you strong all the way through the end of the season. So that's one thing. I'm not gonna worry about them slacking at the end of the season or getting on the streak and then dropping off and getting back on it. But Antonio Pierce gonna have them boys flying. That's the hope, my man. Thank you so much, Raider Row. Have a great weekend, man. Let's, you too, man. let's head over now to Al. He's joining us all the way from Colorado Springs. Al, good afternoon. Thank you for joining here at the J to the Brick Show, calling us at 702-365-9200. What you got for me, man? Well, hey, yeah, I like it. I like what um, Al Davis is doing. I like everything. Not Al, but Mark Davis. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, we know, like we know. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it until I don't. You know, you, you have trust in the process until you don't, but you like, I like the, the logic behind their hiring, you know, because I didn't know until I was listening to your show that, you know, he was a, a, used to be a quarterback in college and in, in the pros. I didn't know that. No, no, no. I don't know nothing about Kingsbury. You know, the only thing I know about Kingsbury that he coached was in, in Arizona. What's that guy's name? Uh, the quarterback, you know. Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray, yeah. And they they was running RPOs. Yeah, I'm saying okay, okay. Oh, as uh, AOC able to do RPOs? Well, maybe he could train them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. One thing is that you know that uh, that AOC isn't as mobile as Kyler Murray or other guys that he coached in college, like Case Keenum or Johnny Manziel or Baker Mayfield or Pat Mahomes, right? Yeah, we know that. You know, and so so then I'm thinking, I said, okay, they got him in before the. Uh, before the uh, the game, the college game, you know, they, they got – what is that thing that they're doing right now? That's in Alabama. And the Senior Bowl, Houston. the Shrine Bowl. All them bowls, all them bowls. Yeah. And all the coaches out there, Champ Kelly out there and all that. But I also like the idea uh, that, you know, I think you said that uh, you like the idea of them drafting or trading for Justin Fields. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Ryan said he he would like the the trade. I, I pitched the idea about going up in the draft board, but I'll be honest. Whatever the Raiders do, I'm on board. I want to see my team win a Super Bowl, so I'm like, I, yeah, I'm always supporting. That's right? That's it. You know what I mean? So we. That's what I'm talking about. You just like me. You know, you you do it till you don't. You know what I mean? So I had trust in Derek Carr until I didn't. You know what I mean? I had trust in Jimmy G until I didn't. I had trust in. Uh, McDaniels, which I didn't. You know what I mean? So I'm always trusting. But I can also see that they're making some good mistakes. Now I hope, you know, one thing that the new GM has a track record of is drafting good in the first couple rounds. And I'm hoping that he drafts good in the first two rounds. We got pretty good scouts that draft well in the later rounds, and they blend together. We have a a nice unit. You know what I mean? Just like, you know, you say it takes the village you know what I mean, to run the team, you know what I mean? So they come together as a village, and they be able to pick up good players, and they listen to each other, and then they make good observations. I think Kingsbury, also because of his pedigree, he's able to um, be able to see things in, a, in, a, in that position that, say, someone that didn't train in that position or played in that position can't. Or he can also communicate with the quarterbacks, whoever's going to be starting for the Raiders you know, and help train them and become a better person. Because, you know, one thing I remember, uh, you know, Tom Forrest was that quarterback, you know. We won a Super Bowl. Uh, Kubiak for the Denver Broncos, he was a uh, – he was a he played in the pros, backed up John Elway a minute and also was a good OC for the Broncos. Yeah, they've been there. They've done like. that. Yeah, they've done that. You know what I mean? And so you, you see the continuity. You see the, the ability to – um, to communicate with the players or train the players. And I think that's what AP is able to do. A- AP is able to communicate with the players, tell them what he wants, and hold everybody accountable for doing their job. You know, they, you know, you say, you, you, you're here to do a job. You know, people was talking about uh, at the last game, they was talking about, you know, not playing the starters and all that kind of crap. AP said, hell no. We're here to play. We get paid to play 17 games, damn it. You know what I mean? You don't want to. Um, Heck, game up. one was it game one that Marcus Peters was like, "All right, you're out of the building. Let's bring in somebody what, what, else." Yeah, yeah. What was was it the second game? Or the, I think the second game. Yeah, because he was doing that old late stuff, or maybe I don't know. But anyway, he showed you know everybody that you know he's going to hold you accountable, and I think I think that's something you know. And everybody talk about you know being a team, uh, a players' team, and all that stuff, but you have leaders in there who may be holding people accountable, and then nothing happens, you know? Yeah. You know, and nothing happens. You know, you still got you still playing, you know what I mean? You need to get rid of that guy. But then again, I also think that um, whoever the quarterback is for the Raiders need to hold the players accountable when they hold them. Like, I'm quite sure Cosby is holding everybody accountable for oh, that yeah. defensive holder. I bet you that. Absolutely. Al, you know, I really appreciate you, man. And look, so far we're two for two for two. We had Raider Rowe who liked the Cliff Kingsbury signing. We got Al who liked the the uh, the Cliff signing. So let's see how it goes. Al, have a fantastic weekend, brother. Appreciate your call. Thank you. You too, bud. 
We got the, also the text line, which I don't use much on the show because I, I don't know how to use it. I know Clay, I know Q, Ari, they, they move it around. So I'm fortunate I got you here, Jared, today. It's the same number, right? 702-365-9200. So if you don't want to call and you just text, you can use the text line. We got a text in there, right? Well, we have two. Uh, the first one, I think, is the most important one, which is uh, from uh, Steven in the 707. Are you reading texts, Terry? Yes. We have an answer. So, we have an answer so, now. So now yes. me, Jared, is reading text, <laughs> yep. but he's getting in through the mic. So, on yes, the, uh, we got him. On the Don't Be Broke text line, uh, second one, we, it was uh, from Raider Baconator in Seattle. Uh, he lists the quarterbacks that Cliff Kingsbury has worked with, uh, and you listed some as well. Um, Patrick Mahomes, pa- Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Case Keenum, Caleb Williams, Colt McCoy, Trace McSurley, Steve... Chris Steve Lever? Never heard of him. David Blau. So not I mean, there's a couple murderers in that row, but that's a pretty uh that's a pretty eclectic list of uh quarterbacks under his belt, and that's from uh Raider Baconator on the don'tbebroke.com text line. Yes, sir. So in Houston, where he was the offensive coordinator in 2010 and 2011, Case Keenum, he was able to have him as a quarterback, offensive coordinator of the year that year, best team in football in yards and points in Houston. I think they were in Conference USA that year. They weren't even in the American yet. The American didn't even exist back then, so they were doing their thing. Let's go to a break. Raider Nation, shout out to Woodson Whiskey. Follow them on Instagram. Charles Woodson will be having autograph signings during Super Bowl week here in Vegas. Let's go to a break. We'll come right back.